Welcome back to RUF. I'd like to point your attention to the front of your handout. Welcome to RUFOU. Uh, it says, welcome regardless of your beliefs or doubts. RUF is a place for you to explore Christianity and grow in your understanding of who Jesus is and what it means to follow him in community with others here at OU. Uh, we're here for the convinced and the unconvinced, the lost, the found, the burned, the bored, the cynical, the spiritual. We invite you no matter where you are in the process. And so we're all here with different places with Jesus, but there's one thing that's common to us. Everyone in this room is looking for relationships and dating in some way, some way, shape, or form. We're all relating to people, and so this semester we're taking a full semester and looking at dating. Tonight, particularly, we're looking at dating and sex and how sex can become uh, intertwined into dating, how we relate um, to each other in a dating relationship can be intertwined with how we relate, how we relate sexually. Uh, and so, uh, we're going to look at the issue of what is our calling in dating tonight. What is our calling? So, follow along with me on your handout on the back. This is called A Life Pleasing to God, but it, I, would, I would rather rename it to uh, Sex and Dating, or What is the Purpose of dating, or the kind of the, the, the secret purpose of dating, because I feel like we, we, we have a hard time with dating and sex because we don't really understand the purpose. We don't have any idea what we're doing out there, y'all. And so I want to give you a little insight into what I believe the Bible teaches is the purpose of dating. So follow along with me on your handout, sex and dating, the purpose of dating. All right, so finally then, brothers, we're looking at 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 through 11. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you're now doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you. But God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God who gives the Holy Spirit to you. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another. For that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more, and to aspire to live quietly, and to mind your own affairs, and to work with your hands as we instructed you, so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God shall stand forever. May he add his blessing tonight uh, as we pray. Let's pray. Um, Father, you're, you're good to us um, in, a, in a world uh, that is um, uh, intoxicated with sex. Uh, you have uh, put uh, people and you have redeemed people in it. And you're redeeming people in it. And you're making us new. And so we all have 
issues. Uh, we have issues, but you are making us new. You're sanctifying us. You're making us holy. So as we think about what is our purpose, what is our plan, what is your will for us, uh, would you speak to us tonight through these words uh, and help us to, to understand them? Would your, would your spirit help us to, to discern them, we pray? Would your Holy Spirit, which you placed in these people long ago, um, 2,000 or some years ago, would you do the same for us tonight? And we'll give you glory. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, so if I were to, to mention four names to you, uh, I think you would, many of you would know who I'm talking about. The first one is Sean, okay? The second one is Catherine, okay? You know where I'm going with this? Who? Bachelor, okay? What's the other two? Oh, you got it on two, okay. Yeah, who are the, who are the next two, Catherine? Yes? You know, Ashley, very good. Yeah, Lindsay, Ashley, Lindsay, Ashley, Catherine, and Sean. Sean, I just, I talked to somebody at dinner tonight and she told me, so I haven't watched the show yet this semester. But it's getting good. It's getting good. It's down to three, the final three. It's really getting solid. So, so the three final ladies on The Bachelor this year are competing for Sean Lowe. It's going to be awesome. Well, okay, so... What's the point of dating? Um, I just want to say, we've got a lot of answers when we come to that, and I think we've been bachelorized, or uh, we've, been, we've got bachelor syndrome when it comes to that. Now, I want to explain what I mean, but I, it, first of all, I've asked this question a million times this week, not a million, but close to a million, uh, to students, and it's, what's the point of dating? So if I ask you this and you're really spiritual, uh, you'll say, well, it's to find the right person to marry. I should be dating with a purpose, with an intention. However, whatever that looks like, I should be looking for the person that God wants me to marry. Okay, so if you're spiritual, to find the right person to marry. Um, But if we're honest, for the honest people, okay, out there, um, you're dating because it's pleasurable. Uh, It's fun. Uh, It's fun to date. It's fun to flirt. It's fun to interact with members of the opposite sex. Basically, it's all about you, okay? It's all about us. Uh, That's why we date, okay, if we're honest. And the surprising purpose here is that dating, just like the rest of life, there is no difference in the purpose. The purpose is sanctification. Sanctification. So sanctify what? Um, sanctification. Like that's what the Bible tells us here in, in Thessalonians 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. All right, so we all want to know what the will of God is. What is his plan for us, what is its purpose for us, and it is sanctification. So sanctification, what is that? Well, the, the root word there in the Greek is hagios, and then for sanctification, it's hagiosmos, or, and so, so this, this idea of holy or being holy, being, being set apart, uh, apart or being made holy, uh, and so ho- holiness is the idea here. Um, so sanctification is the answer nobody gives to the question of what is the purpose of dating. That's the answer. So um, with The Bachelor, which I alluded to earlier, we all have that syndrome. And it's like, dating is about me, okay? Dating is all about me. Uh, it's about rejecting inferior specimens, okay? The very first show in every season of The Bachelor starts out with 24, and he cuts it down to 12 after five-minute interactions with people. Rejected. You're out of there. That's disheartening, isn't it? You get to go on The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and then boom, you're gone. Um, but dating is about you selecting the perfect or the right person, okay? Dating is about you and making sure 
you can make your life as pleasurable and as easy as possible. That is what dating is about in a bachelorized society. Okay, we all want to minimize discomfort. There are no exceptions to this. This is just sort of the way we work in our sin nature. Like we've talked about all semester, we're looking for identity. We're looking for purpose. We're looking for that. And we've lost our relationship with God in the fall. And so though many of us in this room maybe tonight are are reconnected to Jesus, reconnected to God through Jesus, we still default to these natural sinful ways of relating to people, which is to find an easy place to, to rest, a place that won't bother me a place where I can have my little kingdom. And so, this is why we all love text messaging. We all love text messaging. We all love to date through text messaging. Why? Because we can carefully craft what we want to say. We can have short bursts that carefully crafted don't require a lot of effort. Okay? We don't have to have the extended, unplanned discourses where someone calls you on the phone and then you have to talk to them. That is painful. Okay? Back in my day, we had to to talk on the phone. Back in the 20th century, okay, when I was dating. Uh, and like, I mean, like, we had to actually talk on the phone or meet up in a place and talk to each other, and now we can meet up in a place and look at our iPhones together uh, and, and text each other. Like, that's where we live, okay? We, we, we make it easy because we don't have to think on our feet. We can respond in real time and not even to people's faces, okay, because we have social anxiety, Okay, we're thankful, actually, though we make fun of Facebook and and Twitter and and Instagram, that we can carefully craft our persona. We can carefully craft our profile, and we can make our image 144-character witticisms. Isn't that right? We like to do that because we... (laughs) Dylan's nodding in the back. Thank you for that. And amen. Okay, Um, we're thankful. Relationships are hard and so we want to minimize the discomfort, and we, want, we don't want to deal with people that are hard to deal with. So relationships are fundamentally about us, okay? Just like the rest of life is about us. And the problem is we're all cowards when Jesus is calling us to serve, to, to, to give up self, and not to fear. Not to live in fear, not to, not to let fear control us. And so you've got these people in this text who are you know, doing well at loving people doing very well, actually. Paul commends them, and then he says, look, you live in a world that is sex-crazed. Uh, the the uh, Greco-Roman world of the first century was very sexually depraved. I mean, you had prostitution rampant. Even in religion, you had uh, people taking concubines. You had um, bestiality, all kinds of freaky stuff uh, that you might see today, even, um, and really crazy stuff. So a lot of things going on uh, that, that was a part of this world and so he says, this is, this is kind of a general exhortation for people that are in Christ. He says, for this is the will of you, uh, will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. Um, the Greek word there for sexual immorality, just to show I went to seminary, okay, for you guys who would be impressed by this, is porneia, okay, like the, the word we get for pornography, right? It's 55 times used in the New Testament. Um, there's 27 books in the New Testament, um, and so that's two per book. Uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty common word in the New Testament. And it's, it's about sexual morality, um, adultery, uh, committing a sex act with someone who's not your spouse, um, or in a marriage, committing a sex act with somebody um, and not being faithful to them, to that spouse. Uh, and so it's with your body that you do these things. Uh, and so he says there, 
Uh, abstaining from sexual morality, verse 4, that each of you know how to control uh, his or her body uh, in holiness and honor. Um, okay, so that's what, that's what we're called to do is to control our bodies, to more and more die to ourselves and live to Jesus in the way we relate, sanctification, becoming more holy, becoming set apart, becoming set apart for a purpose even. Um, that's what we're called to do, sanctification. Okay, that's the will of all of life. And it's got to be, therefore, the point of dating. So so you want to date. Now, you don't want to date in a way that's going to make you more holy or more like Jesus. Now, I don't know anybody who says that's the goal of dating. Nobody says that. I want to date so I can become more like Jesus. We we look at dating or any other way differently than any other thing in our lives. How do we have this this breakdown? I mean, when we think about we go to RUF, because hopefully we want to become more like Jesus. But when it becomes dating, like we don't think about, I need to do this so I can become more like Jesus. That's what he's calling us to do. And here's a few reasons why. We don't want to be like the Gentiles or those you know, outsiders who don't know God. Here's the deal. First, first reason why is that in verse 6, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. Okay, the Avenger. Okay, now, I, when I think of this, I just thought of Liam Neeson. Okay, I thought of Taken. Okay, Taken 1 and 2. Um, have you seen these movies? Okay, like, Liam Neeson is Jesus. Jesus is Liam Neeson. Okay, he's an Avenger. You do not mess with his daughter or his bride, ever. Or he will hunt you down and kill you. Okay, that's what he tells them on the phone in the first movie. Like, you better give her back or you will die, essentially. Um, he is an avenger. You do not mess with his bride. And, and that is exactly what the Bible throughout our series has called you. Um, that, that sex itself in marriage, what we saw last week, is a picture of Christ relating to his bride, to his church. And so if you are to treat your own body or someone else's body unholy, then Jesus will, will hunt you down like Liam Neeson would do because you're messing with his bride and there will be hell to pay. The first reason to use your body uh, in, in a dating relationship in a holy manner and to glorify God and become more holy in dating is that Jesus takes it extremely seriously as crazy Liam Neeson does in Taken. He is crazed with jealousy over you. Now, I find that to be, in one way, scary, okay? Because we all have messed up sexually in one way or the other. We've all done something against God's will in that area. But that is, at one time, terrifying. But in the other, other hand, that's actually pretty flattering, okay? Is it not that Jesus would care that much about me, that he would, that he would hunt me down and bring about vengeance on me because of the way I use my body? Because of the way I might dishonor a brother's body or a sister's body, that I might wrong a brother in that matter, as verse 6 says, he cares a lot about you and the way you use your body. That's fascinating to me, that someone who made this world, this universe, cares about the details of my life in such a way, and sex being such a powerful thing and a wonderful God-given thing, that he cares about that, and he cares about you. The first reason is the Lord is an avenger. Um, secondly, God, and verse, uh, verse 7, it says, God has not called us for impurity, 
but in holiness. He's called you to this. This is the one who, who saves you. He has a calling for you, a calling for purity. And then uh, finally, uh, third reason there in verse 8. Whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Okay, so when you are, you know, calling somebody up for the booty call, okay, like when you're, when you're, when, do y'all use that word anymore? Booty call? Y'all already know what that is? Uh, when you're using somebody in a relationship, okay, you're actually using God, okay? Like booty call. Okay, yeah. Friends with benefits, okay? I mean, I don't know, yeah. Um, Showing my age, um, Justin. Um, who get, okay, you're disregarding not people, but God, who gives you his Holy Spirit. Okay, the word there is holy again, okay? The will of God for you is sanctification, which is to be holy. Um, he says in verse 7, he's called you for holiness, and he's given you the Holy Spirit. It's serious then. that This is the one who gives you the Holy Spirit. It's serious again. He gives you the Holy Spirit. So he wants you to be holy. He wants you to love. And we've got, we all want to minimize discomfort. We all want to do that. We've got cultural and family baggage, which leads us to fear marriage, to delay marriage. You know, maybe, you're, maybe we're coming from divorced uh, homes, and so you're going to make dating strictly about fun now, and you'll get serious about it later, maybe when you're down the road more mature and able to, to maybe think about date, uh, dating, uh, getting married, but marriage is something you're afraid of right now. And so dating is strictly a game for you right now. It's fun. You enjoy it. It's nice to, have some, to, to think of somebody who would care about you and want to go on dates with you. Uh, it's a fun pursuit. Maybe we've got baggage. Uh, you've been used uh, by others in dating, and so you inevitably um, have felt used or, or feel like you'll be used by members of the opposite sex. There's cynicism. There's distrust. There's a lack of hope for those kind of relationships for you. Like, like you see in the movies. Like, you're, you're worried you're never going to find your Matthew McConaughey. Um, or your Emma Stone. She, is she relevant? Okay. Nasty? Okay. All right. You're a tough crowd. Okay, tough crowd tonight. <laughs> Hating on Emma Stone like that. Katy Perry? Where's Blake Butler? <laughs> we were talking about her the other day. Oh, goodness. I called him out. We'll delete that off the, off the thing. Okay. All right. Anyway, brothers. Okay, Abraham Brothers have this song that's called um, Love is Not Like It Is in the Movies. Because movies are two hours long. Okay, it never can be like that. It's always more complicated. It's not going to fill your soul. It's not going to, it can't do that. Okay, you've got to have something beyond that. And so you think about that. When, like, I, I was thinking about my own dating relationships this week and how... I don't think I did a single thing in all of my life in dating, even when I dated my current wife, that was not selfishly motivated. Every single thing I did, even from getting presents, was selfishly motivated. Okay, I wanted to get something. I am after something. Like, this, this idea of the will of God for you is sanctification is absolutely 100% opposed to everything I've ever wanted to do. Okay, I am absolutely broken and, dis- and, and destructive and repenting over the ways I have used people in dating and in, in, in all those sort of ways. Like, I have trained myself to relate in a way that is unhealthy, and that's what we're doing to each other. The, the micro ways we interact today is causing wreckage we have no idea is going to be there when we're married. 
because we are, we are relating in a way that is about our own fulfillment rather than about self-denial and giving. And so, so like, uh, there's a book we're reading now, Meredith and I are reading, called um, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, and it essentially says this, that we want a me marriage, okay? We want something that's going to like, meet all my needs and never cause me to do anything. Like, I can go play golf for four hours on Saturday, never have to answer a question about that, and my wife is perfect, okay, in every way. And, and, I will, and, and she wants somebody who will serve her all the way and meet all of her needs, and that's what we want. We want that perfect, perfect thing that's going to meet everything we want to do. But see, the problem there is, like, if we're both trying to get our needs met, that's not going to work, right? Because nobody's meeting the person's needs. If, if in marriage we are about meeting one another's needs, if I'm uh, fully focused on 100% meeting Meredith's needs and she is fully focused on meeting my needs, then our needs will get met. But if I'm trying to get my needs met and she's trying to get her needs met, then it's not going to work because we're selfish in that and we're not caring about the other person. Inherently, we're selfish, but we've got to turn from that. If we do nothing, we'll keep being that way. We've got to turn away from that and seek out sanctification or more, becoming like Jesus. So like I told you last week, you can't think about sex without thinking about Jesus. You can't think about dating without thinking about Jesus and how you need to be more like him and you need to make people more like him. And that's what we're called to do. Your dating patterns are, are actually shaping the way you're going to trust God, if you, if you can believe that. Um, think about this. If you can't trust a person because you use them and they use you, how do you think that applies to the way you're going to believe God? Are you going to trust God when, you, when people can't trust you and you can't trust people? Are you, going to, you're, you cannot escape making God into, analogy, into an analogy of the way you think about people. You cannot escape that. You know, think about this. Um, now, many of y'all have met somebody maybe in class, and you've, got the, you've, you've exchanged numbers, and you started texting, and there's a flurry of text messaging. No, you're, you're, Nate, you're looking, you're saying no. That's never happened to you. Okay, never, okay. Guys or girls, you've, you've, you've always, you kind of got that person, and you felt chemistry with them. Maybe, maybe you've, you've been a little bit physical with them. You know, maybe you've been on a date with them um, in person. But then you've maybe got bored with them or too busy, or they've gotten bored or too busy, and they've stopped texting. And that hurts, doesn't it? That really hurts because, look, you know, you've, you've had to scrutinize the meaning of their text messages for so long, and you've got these little short bursts that you can look at. And now, don't you think that that, that kind of relates to the way you think about God, too? Um, what does it mean that they haven't texted you back and you've texted them again? I don't understand that. What, 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 can, what, what does that mean? Well, if, if you have to scrutinize every little word in a text message and every little timing of text messages, do you also have to scrutinize the Bible and God's will for you? How, is, how does God's will relate to you then? Do you have to treat God in the same way you've been treating people? Because you're insecure about that. We're all insecure and you get text messages, and you give text messages, and everybody's insecure, and everyone's reading in every little thing. Is that the way you relate to God? Well, that's not the way you relate to God. God is clearer than any boy or girl could ever be about his intentions for you in dating. And it's right here, sanctification. That's how clear he is. It's one word. If we do nothing, we're going to be like the Gentiles, like verse 5 says. But God has a whole new way of thinking about it. So how are we going to stop 
uh, sexually sinning? How are we going to stop that? Let's get really practical on how that is. So the question here is, has Jesus satisfied you sexually? I'm not being blasphemous here. Has Jesus satisfied you sexually? It's a strange way of speaking. Um, but, you know, what do I mean? Ladies, has Jesus become your ultimate safety? Can you walk down the aisle and feel safe coming into Jesus' arms? Is he your security? Is he your service? Is Jesus your everything? Are you satisfied with him? And guys, men, has Jesus become your significance? Has the gospel of Jesus met the need behind your sex drive? You know, there's, there's a need behind why we have a sex drive. Men tend to want to be the man, significant. Women have to be loved, feel secure, feel served, feel safe. And, and Jesus is offering that to you in the gospel, to be significant to him. Like, he cares enough about you to yell at you when you're, when you're sinning sexually, to feel bad about that. It, the, the Holy Spirit speaking to you and, 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 and convicting you of that. He cares enough about that. This, he cares enough for you to be in this room hearing this message about dating is about sanctification. He cares about you. He, you're significant to him. Whether or not you're significant to anybody else in this world, you're significant to the Lord. And he keeps you safe. He's, he's, he's going to make you secure ultimately. Um, and so Jesus is offering to men a great calling. It's a calling to advance his kingdom. Um, that's what he's offering. He's offering to ladies security. He's offering to the, the, the woman at the well, the woman at the well in John 4, one of my favorite passages. He's offering to that woman acceptance that everyone else in the world has not given her. He's offering safety to her. Everyone else has used her and abused her. And so, guys and girls, what that looks like for you, it's sort of, you need to mirror that. Um, like, I teach girls' Bible studies. Why? Because I want women to see a man who is not interested in them sexually. I want you guys to find friendships with members of the opposite sex where it's not flirtatious. It's just normal friendship. I want guys to encourage one another and not make every relationship about finding the right girl, or finding, like loving people in a non-sexual way, being friends with people in a way that is appropriate and okay. Um, you're going to set, and women need that, men, and men need women not to, not to flirt with them, but to love them and care about them in that way. Women, you've got to find safety in Jesus. Um, if you go to your husband hoping that he's going to be a savior for you, you're going to, your relationship's dead before it starts. If you think that guy you're dating now is going to be a savior for you, it's over before it starts. And maybe some of y'all have hopped around from person to person hoping to find the one that's going to be there for you like Jesus has already promised to be. That can't be it. Um, so that's the first thing. Has Jesus satisfied you sexually? Has he done that? Is he, is he really meeting the need behind the need to have a sex drive? Secondly, are you respecting the power of sex? Sex is powerful. God's intended it to be that way. It's powerful. 
strong desires for that. I mean, I remember like sitting in like, uh, you know, these kind of talks when I was, you know, a single guy and, and like, I would just kind of zone out because like, this is, this is really difficult to remain chaste, pure, um, like on a campus with thousands of options, good looking people. I'll tell you, this is a good looking p- group of people, okay, very great looking group of people. Um, you've got to respect sex's ability to do wonderful things, but you've got to respect it as a thing that will really mess you up. It will make you crazy, okay? I, I, can, I can just remember sitting with people that are friends and then and looking at the wreckage of them doing things later on, months down the road, that has killed them. Sex misuse will make you crazy. Um, it will definitely do that. So are you respecting the power of it? Are you putting yourself in situations? There's that old... Old little wives tell you here in youth group about the Holy Spirit leaves at midnight, okay? Like, your bodies get weak, your defenses get weak, and to put yourself in a compromising situation um, is not a good idea. Like, um, on the couch, dark room, movie playing. If a guy says, okay, or a girl says, you want to come hang out and watch a movie, that's code for hooking up oftentimes, is it not? Um, it's like, I, I'm, I'm lonely. It's a booty call. There, for those of you who don't know what that is, um, that's what that is, okay? It's a late night encounter. We're lonely, okay? Bodies are tired, defenses are down, and that can happen. Um, don't, you gotta, you got to respect the power of that. And so there's practical things you can do. Respecting your sin. Avoiding places where you fall regularly. Now, um, if you're an alcoholic or recovering from alcoholism, um, the best place to do that is not in a bar. Is it? I mean, like, this is simply not the, the best place. So if, you, if you're, you know, caught in sexual sin with a dating partner right now, um, you have two options. You can, one, stop seeing them, or you can get married. <laughs> that's, that's what you need to do. Or, or just or change that. I mean, stop the sexual sin, get married, stop it, stop seeing them. There's no other way. And so if y'all are going on a formal, okay, don't, don't sleep in the same room. Respect each other that much. That you've got to remember something here too, is that though we've all in some way, shape, or form not been chased, Jesus says the, the, the requirement here is to never look lustfully at somebody, not your spouse. Uh, and so sexual sin is not the unforgivable sin, though it often feels like it is. It feels like the dirtiest sin. It feels like the worst thing you could do. It's powerful. And so the order of the two things we've talked about is important. You've got to go to the gospel, okay? You've got to go to the, that, that God loves you, that he's jealous for you. He cares about you. He's given you his spirit. He's called you to holiness. He's loved you in such a way before you've ever got hope to turn that to turn over the way you've, you've, uh, you've hurt yourself, you've hurt others, you've used other people. And you've got to get the gospel. You've got to get that. I'm going to say that the only people who ought to be watching The Bachelor are Christians. Okay? The only people who ought to be watching The, the Bachelor are Christians who have drunk deeply of this gospel, who really get that their sex drive, that the needs behind that sex drive have really been met by Jesus. So your calling, y'all, is to watch The Bachelor without becoming The Bachelor, okay? To watch The Bachelorette without becoming The Bachelorette. 
because you, you've, you've felt Christ's hand, you've felt Christ's forgiveness, you've, you've felt him hold you when you've repented to him, when you've turned to him. You've felt that closeness of being restored to him, and that's wonderful. You, you've, you've sinned against God, and he has rege- he's not rejected you, but he has, you've run back to him, and he's embraced you. Uh, as, as the prodigal son did, ran back to God, and God came running towards him. He comes running towards you. You can't out his grace. His grace will always overpower your sin. He loves you that much if you're in Christ. And so those of you who want to know, like, okay, some of you may be here and you're not Christians. Some of y'all are, are, are checking this out for the first time or, or discovering what this is. And maybe in all your relationships you felt used and you've used people. And, you know, that's no way to live. Well, there's, there's somebody who isn't about using you, and it's God. God is not about using you. He's about making you better. He's about, re- like, restoring you. He's about restoring this world. He is not the problem. You're the problem, and he's fixing it. And he loves you in that way. If that's you, you've got to meet this guy. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to know him. And Christians here, we've got to know him. We've got to do a better job of showing what this calling is, is sanctification. And so watch The Bachelor without becoming The Bachelor, without becoming the one who's rejecting people for fun. I mean, I'm not throwing The Bachelor on the bus, but that idea of The Bachelor, we're just, we're just dating on this. It's a fun, pleasurable thing. Uh, it is, dating is fun and pleasurable, but that's not the, fu- the full purpose. The full purpose is sanctification. And that's why... If we think it's just about our pleasure, we can easily fall into sexual sin. We can easily fall there because it's not, it's not, we've, we've, we've totally isolated from the rest of life. We've totally isolated from the way we relate to Jesus, which is by grace. He saves us. He cares about us. He redeems us. And he makes us holy. And that's what we're called to do in dating. So let's pray. Wrap it up. Our Father, you're good to us. Lord, help us to internalize um, these um, truths about our call to be holy, to be more like your Son. And as we progressively move towards that, may we think about the way we relate to to other men and women for their good. Um, Not to take, but to give. As you did not come to be served, but to serve and give your life as a ransom for sinners like us. Uh, May we know that, may we know you deeply and drink of that so we can glorify you and be sanctified. We'll pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, uh, we'll sing one more song. And uh, if there are questions you have regarding any of this stuff, like practical questions, things we didn't talk about, issues you've got, if you want to text me, um, I can actually maybe address those questions either here tonight or next week. It'd be fun to, I'd love to hear some text message questions. So, All right, let's go uh, one more song.